0: studios the osbiz cov is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance welcome to the COB on the 13th of october it is a tuesday i'm here with david scott Scuddy, how are you doing today
1: i'm going okay i'm uh battling a little bit but uh unlike the uh the market which is uh, is flying high so at least one of us is having a good day <laughs> i'm
0: having a good day thanks well, for me. yay the s p asx 200 the good old xjo couldn't quite hold above that 6200 level but you've got to say it was a pretty good effort finishing up by a percent at 6196 if you round it up really outpacing what happened around the region and yeah looking pretty good when you look at it sector by sector as well
1: Yes, uh, a bit of a Team Australia moment. Uh, certainly most sectors apart from materials, which I'm sure we'll get to in a moment, had a pretty good day, but I've got to say, it's a bit iffy not being able to go and convincingly bust above that 6200 level. It's been rejected a few times now. Third time, oh boy, that could be, uh, that could be some downside risk building. So we will see. Certainly uh, there seems to be a lot of fundamental factors uh, working in our favor, but uh, as we all know, expect the unexpected in 2020.
0: If I look at sectors, um, you know, I could go through all the official lists. So, you know, one of the best performers, if not the best performer was the telcos. And you've got to look to Telstra for that. Um, But the Infotech space did really well. Financials looking pretty sweet. So it was, uh, you know, an AGM heavy morning. We had CBA out this morning. We heard from the chair, Catherine Livingston, looking to resume its normal payout ratio as soon as possible. Telstra. Looking to hold that 16 cent dividend, doing really good the shares, things for its share price up by four and a half percent, and then we've got the Apple iPhone launch, and um, yeah, that might just give it another kick along tomorrow. You think?
1: Uh yeah. Look, honestly, yeah, you would think so. But uh, more to the point, I think it should have been priced in months ago. Uh, you now, talk about this iPhone launch. I uh, you know, we saw the product offering. I think it came out uh, the last month and there was obviously not a phone there and everyone's like, oh, it's gonna be happening next month. So um, at least for a month, uh, everyone has been talking about a 5G handset coming through. So uh, I was a bit bit shocked and a bit miffed to see the Apple share price up 6.5% overnight uh, on something that uh, no, everyone should know about already. Um, so I'm not sure what's going on, like no, The everyone- same
0: goes for the Amazon share price. Um, some in the market putting it down to the fact that Tuesday was Amazon Prime Day, yeah, you know, there was-
1: that's no news, though. That's yeah. it, this is this, this is a weird market we're operating in. And look, let's be honest; it's incredibly frothy.
0: But it's it's if also just you know any news, you know any news is sort of an excuse sometimes to send these things higher.
1: It is. It uh, but look, uh, you've got to go and wonder. And you know, this instant repricing, when things have been known in the market, is a big warning sign for me. It's a bell ring moment, uh, which is kind of telling me that something's not right out there. When it comes back to the uh to the iPhone. Um, I, just, I find it really interesting how much excitement there is about the five G handset name as well. Um, as someone who has a five G handset already uh, with another manufacturer, obviously of course, but uh, I really can't tell any difference between my old one from two years ago and the new five G handset in terms of speed and download, all that kind of stuff. If you want to go look at a video? Um, there's, there is no noticeable differential. I can tell you, and that's on the five G speeds. Yeah. So I just wonder whether some there's...
0: might say you should have bought Apple. You know. Well, no. I was, Apple fanatics anyway.
1: No, but I'm just, I'm, I'll be intrigued to see beyond all the fanboy and fangirl uh, you know, stuff that we're going to see come out from this product launch, which is always like the you know, exuberance that comes out of it. I want to go and speak to the average person, just tell me like, you no, know, a couple of months after getting the phone, is there any really noticeable difference between that and their old handset? And I'll be surprised if people can tell me, oh, well, it's, you, can, you can tell it's got a better camera and everything else. So, and I think it just depends on who you speak with, to be
0: totally honest. But I do know that there will be COVID-safe measures in place at Apple stores. I mean, already you have to get your temperature taken and wear a mask to go in. The Can you Apple imagine store. how
1: long the line's going to be to go and get <laughs> an iPhone? There'll be one from here to Timbuktu. So uh, <laughs> we'll, uh, we had to go and do a story on that maybe.
0: Okay, so that is, well, a, a little bit as to what went on in the market today. You've got to talk about coal. You know, coal was in focus because we have... Some reports, some reports that industry has confirmed that uh, Chinese ports are not accepting Australian coal, whether or not it's politically motivated. You know, we know that this has happened before. We know that there are quotas in place. But I think that the bigger point is that the reality is is relations between Australia and China are not well. China has taken action against some of our exports uh, to the country. And so there's a lot of sensitivity around this narrative, especially when you've got a U.S. government and really sort of bipartisan support in the U.S. when it comes to the decoupling from China. Uh, You know, this is is a reality.
1: Yes, uh, as you mentioned, it's it's part of an ongoing process when it comes to Australian coal exports into China. Uh, It does leave you a bit uneasy and uh, it's been mentioned before and uh, probably worth mentioning again that uh, a lot of people seem to say, like, oh, no, there's uh, there's no potential threat to Australia's iron ore exports. Uh, but is there because it's realistically, you know, if this is part of an ongoing process, and we know that we're seeing with other things barley, beef, bold red wines, the list goes on now. Uh, this is part of a longer lasting trend when it comes to coal. Well, coal is our second biggest export item by dollar value. Then we have LNG. Now, depending on which month you want to go and look at LNG, China in the spot market is the biggest uh, donor. takes the biggest supply from Australian LNG and obviously the clearly the largest uh, importer of Australian iron ore. So uh, they are moving up the value chain when it comes to some of these, uh, these particular items. So one to keep an eye out on for sure.
0: Yeah, I think I said it earlier that it's just, it's a vulnerability and we feel very exposed and rightfully so when you hear word that uh, Chinese exports or, or Australian exports into China are being held up because you know, your mind does go to um, you know how how dependent we are on China as an export market.
1: Yeah, concentration risk is definitely yeah. high. It probably begs to know that there's some, some good in the uh, you know, the government's push to try and encourage some uh, some value add manufacturing to go and take what we have in the resources space, the wealth there, and go and making it something with a little bit more value behind it.
0: We could look ahead. Actually, just on that Apple thing, um, just uh, a little bit of a side note. We spoke with Tiny Beans, TNY is the ticker code today. It's done a deal with Apple on editorial content, no money in it. But the CEO, Eddie Geller, telling Ingrid today that, hey, it's just good to have that association. You can, um, you can <laughs> I knew you'd love that. You can listen to that interview via the show notes or on the AusBiz app or website. We spoke with New Haras a ceo justin miller earlier today it has linked itself up with hp and uh, hp as you know is one of the world's largest provider of pcs and notebooks so um they're obviously looking for any sort of glow that they can take from this um this deal that they've done with hp again uh not a profitable company as of yet but the ceo telling us almost or or a little bit
1: yeah it's a interesting product uh there's a lot of different concepts behind, like, you know what it can be useful. But one of them is because it it sits somewhere between like a, a hearing aid device and, uh, you know, just a normal uh, earphone that you might go and use. Uh, and so it does have uh, a use when it comes to people who are hard of hearing. So, having uh, seen many people in my time, uh, you know, blasting music at the top volume that they could possibly do oh, through headphones. Oh, it's a big
0: problem. And I
1: I just wonder how many people are starting to go and uh, become a little bit deaf. I probably, I'm probably a candidate myself. You know, some of the other uh, rock music I've pumped in my day, but uh, just uh, <laughs> inter- interesting product space. A
0: visual, I just got a visual. ACDC. dc hands up.
1: Occasionally, <laughs> uh, but uh, there's it just it's interesting space to be operating because. No, uh, it's one of those trends where you see a lot of people doing it, and it's gonna undoubtedly do hearing damage. So maybe it's yeah. Out- no,
0: I um I can't remember where I read the article, but there's a lot of people walking around with undiagnosed hearing damage because of the amount of time we spend with earbuds in our ears.
1: What did, what did you say? Sorry.
0: Uh, yeah, exactly. Haha. Um, it's a bit of a dad joke. Uh, Nuhera, N-U-H, is the ticker code. You can listen to that via the show notes as well. Um, he, uh, we spoke with Senex Energy's MD and CEO Ian Davies to end the day. I asked about capital management. I know Credit Suisse says that that might be the next catalyst for the share price. He said there's three things. One, they will always focus on a strong balance sheet. Two, uh, they will always look after shareholders, but three, they'll always still be focusing on growth. So that's another CEO interview that'll be up on the site shortly. Stock of the day with CBA. Anything you'd like to add about CBA? I mean, it was a good performance for the banks. We had a number of conversations today about the reflation trade, the move that we could see potentially more into cyclical value names. Um, Crestone, Rob Hoare was telling us today that it wouldn't take much, he said, in terms of a change and a shift in sentiment toward the financials to really potentially you know, light a rocket under some of the
1: banks. Uh, general views in the banks. Um, well, I'm put out a bullish view on uh, Aussie property, thinking that there's a uh, downside risk of diminishing pretty fast, in my opinion, which things makes me uh, by uh, by uh, stance uh, bullish towards the banks. And uh, I think that from a cyclical perspective, look, it's not going to be like you no know, powerful like you no know, drive higher uh, in share prices, but at the same time. We're at the bottom of a cycle. The credit cycles are you know, coming towards its end probably sometime next year. And um, you look at what's going on with uh, you know, the amount of stimulus in there. At some point, once we get a vaccine or at least a very effective treatment for the, uh, for the virus, uh, things are going to go look uh, pretty good when it comes to economic conditions. And that generally goes and helps bank share prices. So if markets are truly forward-looking, uh, this is not advice by any stretch, but uh, from my opinion, uh, the banks are looking a better bet than others out there at the moment that are underpinned by very, very low, long-updated bond yields.
0: So let's compare and contrast that to what we heard from Mark Moreland from Team Invest on CBA. I
1: think CBA's uh, got very large uh, headwinds going forward. I mean, of the banks, of the big four banks, I mean, not including Macquarie, hmm. CBA is definitely the best and it's been the best performer. It's outperformed the other, all the other banks over the last decade. However, the return on equity has been dropping since uh, 2014. But there's quite a lot of things that are negative going forward, and I can't see anything that's positive. I think when it comes to CBA, I share my concern. I, the banks are up 35% as a sector since March. And frankly, bank PEs that are... I, I had a quick look. I think the light, the cheapest might be NAB at 145 then the 16, 16, 17. I mean, these are really expensive prices to pay for low-growth businesses, and I don't mean low-growth in a pejorative sense. I mean it, as Mark suggested. It, you know, it is going to be GDP-ish, property price-ish over the next five or ten years. So where does the where does the surplus growth come from? I don't think you can find it. If you can't find it, then you've got to pay a decent price. I think, look, if you bought banks in March, April, May, congratulations, you've done really, really well. I don't know how CBA puts on a market-beating performance from here when you combine that high PE and and potential headwinds slash low growth.
0: And that was Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool talking about CBA. So yeah, there you go. That was the stock of the day. And we will get a look into the US banks tonight. We will be hearing from JP Morgan and Citigroup, both releasing results on Tuesday. Overall, uh, analysts expect third quarter S&P 500 earnings to have fallen 21%. So that would be a big improvement from a drop of 30.6% in the second quarter, and that's according to data from IBEs and Refinitiv, which is uh, Reuters. So there will be a lot to chew over when it comes to earnings season. And to be honest, a lot of people out there, a lot of market participants are looking forward to having a bit more corporate news to chew over when it comes to the U.S. corporates. Yeah, look,
1: quarterly reporting season is always interesting, but... You've got the problem this year that a lot of it is a false economy. A lot of it is being driven by one-off temporary factors and that's what's gonna make it so difficult to try and ascertain how robust this earnings recovery is gonna be. So we'll maybe get a little bit of insight there, but you've, you've got to remember too that so much stimulus has been flushed through that US economy, just like it has here. Uh, that won't be an ongoing process uh, for years. That will be you know, coming to an end either, you know, this year, depending what happens with the uh, fiscal negotiations or at least at some point next year.
0: Yeah, but that's a known known. so we will be looking at how these uh, companies have come through, where they're seeing any growth, if any, and of course, looking at the strength of the balance sheets. So that is a little bit of what's happening through the overnight. Um, we, of course, have a bunch of U.S. data. None of it is sort of, uh, I don't think, top tier, but we will get the Westpac Consumer Sentiment Read tomorrow at 10.30 a.m., HIA new home sales 11.00, here in Australia, building activity for June at 11.30 a.m. from the ABS. And um, that, should, that should do us. We'll be speaking with Alex Truman from Bondi Partners about the U.S. election, everything U.S. election. And um, we've got Richard Hayes joining us from the Perth Mint. He's at Diggers and Dealers. Too bad we won't be able to hold another gold bar
1: probably worth 1.6 million now. Compared to the last time we was here, it was 1.5 million. So, But uh, always good to go get get uh, the view of uh, you know, all the gold miners at the moment. Obviously, very uh, hot space, and uh, a lot of people are you know, enjoying the ride.
0: Yeah, we've got a lot of great interviews coming up tomorrow. We do hope you can join us for, yeah, for the live stream. We kick it off at 8.30 a.m. We go through the date of the call at 12. We have Startup Daily at 2, and we wrap the markets at Four. And then we do the COB and it was a pleasure doing it with you today, Scotty.
1: As always, I always enjoy our chats in the afternoon. So, uh, everyone uh stay stay there. We'll uh, we'll catch you one early and uh for my
0: When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer.